No, I just spent my last few minutes just trying to pull it together because I'm just so met by the power and the goodness of God in the midst of whatever it is that we're facing. Man, God is so good. And it's interesting that that's how we, that's even how we process as believers, that we can proclaim that God is good even in the midst of abhorrent evil, even in the midst of our lives still being a mess. God is good. Even in the midst of things being undone in our lives, we proclaim that God is good. It's what we stand on. And we have to stand on something because, friends, the regular experience, the common experience of life is wondering, what is God up to? And I planned on in our, uh, through the scriptures, summer, summer in the scriptures reading, and I came to this John 11 passage. The Lord led me to, to want to preach on John 11 and uh, talk about that text. And uh, it's the passage, by the way, where Jesus wept. And it was before these, it was after the, the Gilroy shootings, but before this, uh, this, you know, obviously yesterday and today and um, last night. And it was just so God to say, I, I want us to be in these texts where what's going to happen there is you're going to see people wrestling with this common experiences of what is Jesus up to? Every one of us is right now is walking through something, whether it's it's about the whole world where our, we're turned upside down wondering what is going on in our world. Or it's our smaller world where your relationships aren't all just right. Your finances are all not dialed in. Your job is not perfectly going well. There's something going on in your story where you're like, man, God, I'm waiting for you to come through to lead, to heal, to fix, to change. And I, and I don't see it yet. And I'm wondering where you are and what you're up to. So what do we do when we're in the middle of waiting on God and wondering where he is in all this? That's what I want to ask. And this story that we're going to read about uh, this uh, time of Jesus's life addresses that idea about what, we're, what do we do when we're in the middle of waiting for Jesus and we're wondering what in the world is happening? Does anybody resonate with that question? What in the world? God, where are you? So I want us to turn to John, and we're going to do some Bible study. We're going to turn the lights up. I want everybody to grab um, a book, uh, a Bible in front of you. I'm going to come down. We're going to do a little Bible study together. And um, so if you're in the front row and need a Bible, the people in the, behind you are going to reach right over and get one for you. Um, does everybody get a Bible? And somebody give me a John chapter 11 page number. 1077. Star student over here. I knew it was coming. Did you? Teacher's pad. Teacher's pad. All right. 1077, John chapter 11, his wife says 1076, corrected him, in public, and now on the internet. Okay, you there, John chapter 11? So here's what's going to happen. We're going to read this text and we're going to go through and make some observations together. But before you get there, I need you to know the context. I need you to know the big picture. Because here's the deal. You may be someone, I want you to know, you're, if this is you, you're in good company. You may be someone who, when you go to church, the pastor will say something like, you know, as Jesus said, or like Ben prayed, you know, like Jesus said, and he has all this inside information, knowledge. You're like, what? Jesus said that? Where did he say that? If you have those questions, like if I start talking about this passage and you don't know where the story's going because you've never read it, like that was me. Like, and you're not alone. There's lots of people in this room like that. Or you're like, I don't know this story. I never got to see this. I didn't get to grow up in Sunday school or I did, but they didn't, I don't remember it. But 
This, this passage is the passage. It's about Lazarus. Here's the first couple verses. It's Lazarus and his sisters, Martha and Mary. And Lazarus and Martha and Mary. Lazarus gets sick and then he dies. And Jesus goes to encounter and has this conversation with the two sisters, Mary and Martha. And this is the place, by the way, where it says, I think, did I say that already? That Jesus wept. And then, here's the end of the story, spoiler alert. Jesus goes to the tomb, has the stone rolled away, and raises Lazarus from the dead. So this is how the story is ending. I want you to know that. So let me read a couple passages, a couple verses, and then uh, I want you to make some observations with me, okay? And we'll do a Bible study. What do you see in these first few verses? We'll do the first section, starting in verse 1. Everybody got a Bible and you're there? John chapter 11, verse 1, page 1076. Okay. <laughs> Now, a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and Martha, her her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. You got it. It's in parentheses. That happens a couple chapters later. There's a couple of incidences in the Gospels where that happened. One's the same as the other. The others are different than the other one. You got to go look at it. If you had a study Bible, you could sort that out. Did anybody need one of those Bibles that has like color on every page. Is there, is there anybody who missed out on the joy that is this thing right here? Oh, back row. I saw the first hand that went up right way all the way in the back. Oh, this is okay. Really? Okay. Kirk, go get her one on my front chair right there. Would you back row and front row? Here you go. That is a gift for you from our church. It's so fun. And you can do calisthenics with it. It weighs like a hundred pounds. Um, okay. We, we're already late. There's no way I have time to do that kind of stuff. All right, here we go. So um, verse, where am I? Three. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now, I don't have the rest of it on the screen, so you have to have a Bible. Verse four, when he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it's for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go back to Judea, meaning that's where Bethany was in Judea. So he goes, all right, so let's go. We're going to go now after staying where he was two more days. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you, and yet you're going back? Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble for they see by the world's light. If it's when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he'd said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. <laughs> Jesus had been speaking of his, of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe but let us go to him. And then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go then so that we might die with him. (laughs) Thomas is always a little bit of a party buzz. (laughs) Buzz killer. So what do you see in this? What do you see in this experience? Just let's, that's how we do Bible study. What do you observe? What questions do you have? What did you find interesting? What surprised you? What did you never seen before? Just give me a couple of pieces of feedback. I want to hear what you saw in this text as we study the scripture. 
Jesus waited two days, David said. Did you see that? Jesus waited two days. Where is that? What verse is that? So in verse six, Rabbi, uh, verse six, um, and look at verse five, start in verse five. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard Lazarus was sick, he dropped everything and ran to them because he loved them so much. No, he waited where he was two more days. And so then Lazarus died. Yeah, I, I call this, this is my observation. This is the common experience uh, of, of waiting and wondering what God was up to. This, I call this the wait, we think, wait, what? That's the ultimate wait, what? Where you're just like, wait, what? If he loved him, why wouldn't he go? And he didn't go. There's something else going on in what Jesus was doing. And it creates the wait, what in our experience of walking with him. Because we think if he loved me, then he's going to do what I'm asking him to do. He's going to come through for me. His timing's going to match my timing. The way in which I need him so desperately, he's going to meet me in it. And in fact, that is not always the case. What else do you see in this text? In this, Yep, over there, Mark. Yeah. And it fits under the wait what category because he said this sickness won't end in death, but he already died. And he told them that plainly a few verses later. So he did die. So what does that mean then? You see, all of this, you guys, all of this story has all kinds of wait what's in the local context, but it is a story about resurrection one day. And you'll see that throughout the thing. This is a story that's being told to us in order to proclaim that all of us in Christ, while we see death, will one day see life. And so that's what he's hinting at. Oh, sorry, I saw a hand over there. Gail, where is she? There. Yep. Jesus knows all of that and knows it's for God's glory. So Jesus has the big picture. They don't have the big picture. Will that just not preach all day long like they, they don't have the big picture? So the struggles that we wrestle with, you guys, the wait what's that we have, Jesus has always got the bigger picture that will be for his glory. So there's something happening even in the midst of our wondering what's going on. And there's a whole bunch of what's, wait what's in this text. Uh, in this, just in these verses that we were looking at. That, that whole odd verse about the disciples going, wait, what? We're going to go back to Judea? Why would we do that? Because we almost got killed last time we were there. And you see that in Thomas's comment in verse 16, right? He's like, uh, all right, let's go. We're going to die. Like, that's how this is going to unfold. Like, I'm not stupid. I can see the writing on the wall. And so this is how it's going to unfold. So it's like, wait, why would you go back to, to Judea? Why would you be doing that? And... Um, and then you see it later on, where, passage we're going to read in just a second. Lazarus's two sisters were like, if you'd have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. That's the ultimate wait what. If you'd have been here, it wouldn't have happened. But you weren't here, so... And then later on in the text, after, uh, just before he raises Lazarus from the dead, you're going to see another verse where the whole crowd was like, isn't this the guy who made the guy who couldn't see uh, to see? In chapter nine or whatever, I think a couple, chap a couple chapters before, he was like, if he could make the blind man see, how come he couldn't keep this guy from dying? So everybody's got to wait what? What? Wait, what? And I raise that for you, you guys, because at the beginning of this story, I want you to know that you are not alone 
in saying that your story is full of wait what's that don't seem to add up to the fact that Jesus loves you desperately. Because that's what happened here. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so he stayed where he was two more days. And then Lazarus died. I don't know what to tell you about that, except what this story is going to tell us. Some of you think, man, everybody seems to be all dialed in and Jesus, Jesus shows up and works for them and it's just me, like I'm broken. It's not working for me. No, apparently that's the common reality that we end up thinking, wait, what is going on right here? That's part of the story. And the answer is, oh, God's got some glory ahead. We can't see it from our perspective, but it is motivated out of his love. And so we apply that to all the things that go on in our story. Okay, he's at work. He loves me. He's going to manifest himself. People are going to believe. I'm going to, my, my faith's going to actually get strengthened through this at some point. Any last things on this section before I move on? What else do you see in this section? Anybody dying to make an observation that you're like, oh yeah, yeah, back row, Laura. Yeah, he, he waited till he was dead, dead. Yeah. Yeah, in your study Bible, you might notice there's a little, there'll be a little footnote that'll talk to you about like three days was sort of a magic thing because there was sort of a rumor in, the, in, the, in the, some of the mysticism at the time that said, well, three days, uh, the spirit can kind of come back and visit the body and, and then it'll be okay. And it was like, they made sure it was four days by the time this happened. So he was, he was for sure dead in order to, 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 uh, to show this. Yeah, Jesus didn't he, didn't, he didn't raise every Freddy from the dead, you guys. This is only, he raised three people from the dead in his ministry. This is one of them. It is a very unique thing because it is here, and four, if you include himself, and it's here that he is saying, listen, when you look at your life and you can't figure out what God is doing, I'm at work, there's gonna be glory and life's gonna be at the end of the story. That's what's happening right here. Let's read the next section, see what, what else we get there. So the next section, starting in verse uh, 17. So on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had, been already, had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to, to Martha and Mary to comfort them in, their, in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. I'm going to ask you in a minute to notice what goes on with Martha and Mary, and that maybe the similarities and differences between their two. This is going to be the the section of them encountering Jesus. Lord, verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would have died. But I know that, that even now God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at a place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up, and went out. They followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, 
my brother would not have died. Then Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping. And he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? What do you see in this text? What do you see in this particular section? Mary, Martha, the others, what's happening here with, with uh, respect to what it's like to walk with God in the midst of a story that's unfolding and you don't know what's happening? What do you see? What's some observations you have here? Mary, Martha, their differences, their similarities, their reactions. Um, uh, yeah, well, let's go in the back and then we'll come to you, Gail. Yeah. What's verse 25 say? Yeah. Why do you pick that out? What do you notice there? It's huge. It's huge. In fact, you can underline it in the church Bibles for us. Go right ahead, everyone, because it is huge. Yeah. He is preaching a way bigger story than that moment, isn't he? And it's still part of there, by the way, wasn't quite an answer to her question. She, he said, uh, your, your, brother's gonna rise, uh, or your brother will rise again. And she's like, on the last day? Is that what, like, are you talking about just at the end or something else going to happen right now? And Jesus takes a moment to testify about himself, speaking bigger picture. Super interesting, you guys, by the way, when we walk with God. We're always like, little picture, little detail, my little, my, this month's rent, I, uh," and Jesus is like, I'm life. You're like, rent? He's like, life. (laughs) Not because he doesn't care about rent but because this big picture always, always, always informs this picture. Yeah, uh, Gail. Seem like she knew more, you're saying? Okay, Gail's, I'm repeating for everybody that can hear it. So she's saying that Mary and Martha seemed to know more about the resurrection and other stuff there than maybe the disciples who seemed much more dense than them. Yeah. Well, that could be the difference between men and women in their frontal cortex, possibly. <laughs> I'm not really sure about that. It's a good, that's a good point. They kind of knew a lot, didn't they? Yeah, Mary and Martha. What else do you notice about Mary and Martha? Um, yeah, Cammy and... When Mary and Martha cried, Jesus felt that, was deeply anguished with them. Yeah, we're going to comment on that in just a minute. Amber, you wanted to say something too? Yeah, I noticed the different styles. Do you hear that? Different styles, different relationships with Jesus, probably rooted in their personalities maybe potentially, but Martha uh, and Mary encountered Jesus differently, and he encountered them differently, if you read the text. We have more time, you kind of parse it more. But here's where I put it. I put the, both of those encounters are, it's, this is what happens in the reality. We actually, I, I called it this, we, we get real. Like, it's time to get real with God. Like, that's part of living in the unknown of, like, how is this unfolding? And Mary and Martha come and get super real in their journey with God in very different ways. And you pointed it out that, Mary, that Martha comes blazing. When she heard Jesus was coming, 
she leaves the village, goes out to the outskirts, and is like, we got some business. And if you know anything about Mary and Martha and read some of the other stories, that fits with some personality. Listen, if you're one of those people and everybody around is all meek and they're just, you know, they're okay, and you're like, I got some business with God, not okay. God totally encounters her, right? In a really gracious way. He leads her to truth. He listens to her thing. He challenges her. He calls out her faith. It is a really powerful encounter that she has. They have the exact same question. Did you notice that? Exact same words. Now, there's a little bit of, a, of an order difference in the Greek, which makes me a nerd, but you can, um, we, we don't think it's necessarily maybe significant, but there's a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a difference in the Greek. She says, Martha comes out and goes, if you had been here, capital, my brother would not have died. You are messing with my life, and I'm not okay with the outcome. Mary says, if you'd have been here, my brother would be, capital brother, would still be alive. She's worried about what her brother had suffered. Martha's worried that her life got turned upside down. Not sure if it's significant or not in the Greek, but that's the, or, the word order. So here's the deal. God meets us in all of that. Mary waited. She waited to come meet with the Lord. She respected him enough. She didn't know if Jesus was ready for, you know, would, would really have necessarily welcomed some sort of an encounter. Martha's <laughs> like, yeah, but my faith depends on this encounter right now. I got to go. Wherever you're at with God. By the way, what if Mary, what if Mary just wasn't ready to see Jesus? Can you relate to that? Man, I don't like how my life's turning out right now. I'm not sure I'm ready to talk to God. I'm not sure I can go to him right now. Listen, if you've ever felt that in your journey of being upside down, like God's ready for you. But if you're just not quite ready, like he understands that. So he asks for her. He woos her and draws her in. Martha had to say, go to the Lord. He's asking for you. And so she got up and she went. How did she, by the way, how did she encounter Jesus? What does it say about Mary? She fell down in worship hopelessness and dependence on him. She was so tenderhearted about it. Hey, listen, sometimes you're super tenderhearted. Sometimes you're kind of angry with God, but we get real and he encounters us and meets us in, in all of that. I want to point one other thing out about this particular text. And that is, is that sometimes in the midst of this journey, we need to return to what it is that we know to be true. And we got to go back and stand on what we know to be true. Look back at the encounter with Martha, you guys. And, um, in verse 21, uh, Martha said, Lord, if you'd been here, you know, my brother wouldn't have died. And then she's kind of like, I think she's, she's pushing him like, like, but God will give you whatever you ask. Do you think she was saying, ask him and like, raise him from the dead. Like you can do that. Um, that's cool. That's good prayer. Lord, I know you have the power. Um, and Jesus goes on to talk to her about um, raising from the dead. And she's like, okay, but you're not answering my question. We're like, well, you, you're talking about rising on the resurrection the last day? Jesus said, I'm the resurrection of life. You know, do you believe all this? I think at that point, Martha's like, I'm not really sure exactly what you're saying about my story here and about what's ahead. But when Jesus said, what is it that you believe? Like, this isn't going to unfold in such a way that it all makes sense to you. This is our, not our journey that it all makes sense all the time. God's doing something. There's going to be glory. There's going to be life. We don't know why. We don't know how. We don't know when. And we're all in the middle of it. When he's challenged with that, he goes, but what do you believe? And verse 27, what's it say? 
Yes, Lord. I believe you are the Messiah, the Son of God who came into the world, who was to come into the world. I believe that you're the Messiah. You're the Son of God. Lord, I believe that you're the Savior. Lord, I believe you're the hope. Lord, I believe you're the only one that can rescue. God, I believe that you're the only one who has the power to meet me in the midst of this broken world and my broken story. God, you're the only one that I can trust with this. You're the one that God has sent to come into the world. You're it. You're my hope. You hear that worship? You hear that dependence? You hear that standing on what it is we believe? When we get to those places in our life and in our story, we're like, everything is upside down. I don't know what to do with this shooting, two shootings in a row, three shootings in a row. I don't know what to do with the fact that I've been asking God for the healing of my daughter for this long. I don't know, all, I don't know any of that. I feel like there's this time where God's like, I'm working on glory. I'm working on life. I'm working on resurrection. I'm working on what's ahead. But what is it that you believe in the middle of all this? And I think that's the time we proclaim, you are the Messiah, the son of God who was sent into the world. You're our hope. And we stand sometimes just on what we know to be true. Like this is home base for us. That's all I know. Okay, way to get to the end of the story. Let's keep reading. 38. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man. Here's Martha again. Everybody was thinking what Martha's about to say. But she said it. Uh, but Lord, Martha said, by this time there is a bad odor, for it has been four days. You've heard me say this before. I love the King James. By Lord, surely by now, I mean, by Lord, by now, surely... He stinketh. <laughs> says that in the King James. Surely he stinketh. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you'd see the glory of God? So they took the stone away. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. What do you see in this? Yep, Leonard. Hey, look, Danny's parents are here because they're taking care of Harper while Danny's in Thailand. Nice to see you guys. Yeah. That the brother wouldn't have died. That's two days ago faith. Did two days ago faith, yeah. yeah. But they Bishop, stand up so that you can hear it in my microphone because I don't want you to miss this. <laughs> but we have to make sure that we have the in the now faith that whenever God shows up, it's going to happen. It doesn't matter. But then their faith jumped from two days ago mm. to the general resurrection that's way out there in the future. Mm. But they had to have Jesus to bring them back to, I can do it right now. Mm. It yeah. doesn't matter how long it takes. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. I should have preached that sermon. They had, <laughs> they had two days ago faith. They were jumping into the now faith, that, and Jesus also has the ahead faith. That is, that is so good. Okay, uh, John. Scripture is filled, death is swallowed up in victory. Scripture is what? Filled? Fulfilled. Fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. That's what Jesus came to do. Yeah, Annie. I think um, throughout this, this whole story, they're still looking for validation. They're looking for validation. Why do you say that? Did, 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 did that Jesus is Lord. 
Yes. It's like they need to be reassured over and over. They need to be reassured, she said, over and over again. They're still looking for validation that Jesus is Lord because it's so crazy to believe the stuff we believe. This supernatural journey is so hard to believe. And that's why from the beginning, Jesus said, oh, you know what? I'm actually glad that I wasn't there because now you can see it and your faith is going to be strengthened. And so he's always going to be strengthening our faith in the midst of, of this kind of a, of a um of a rough journey, like what is God doing? I love, I want to point out, I love verse uh, 40 that, and I, and I called it this, that we tr- we're going to need in the middle of this to expect glory. We're going to need to expect glory, but kind of try, we try to expect glory. Like they were so er- earthly and worldly, right? They're like, Lord, um, if you're really going to roll the stone away, let me tell you how this is going to be. Like in our world, when somebody has been dead four days, cause you didn't show up, it is going to be nasty. I'm famous in my family, infamous in my family for going, let me tell you how this is going to go. But in fact, the truth of the matter was that glory was ahead. See, they didn't, I'd never encounter, I never anticipate glory. I anticipate what's going to happen in, on the worldly uh, level. Jesus didn't show up. He's been dead four days. Jesus is like, well, I tell you what, I want you to roll away the stone. And I'm like... No, because we goofed that up so bad. You didn't show up. Now here, let me tell you how this is going to smell. I'm famous for that in my family because, in fact, I'm not right as much as I think I am. But Jesus shows up in ways that we couldn't have imagined. And Jesus says, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you'd see something way beyond your imagination of what normally happens in the world. And so we wait for God to come through. The other thing I want, I saw in that text and I got to wrap it up is that we partner with Jesus in there. We partner with Jesus. It was Jesus' resurrected life, but he said, roll away the stone. Jesus could have done, like, I'm, look out, I'm gonna roll away the stone. You know, like, like, stone rolls away. But instead he said, you roll away the stone. And then you, and when Lazarus came out, he said, you unwrap him. You take off the things that have been binding him in this physical death. There's something about this ministry of resurrection that Jesus has, this resurrection power that transforms us, that Jesus is going to be doing, and his followers get to participate and move stones to set people free and unwrap the things that have bound them into places of death. He's like, you are going to be part of this life-bringing power with me. Isn't that beautiful? So in the midst of us, what's God doing? He's like, listen, be listening for me because when I show up, I'm gonna want you to roll some stones and unwrap some dead people because then you're gonna see my work. Last, we didn't get there too much, but somebody mentioned it. We remember that Jesus weeps with us. I love that passage is in there that Jesus wept. But we need to ask the question, why did he weep? What was Jesus weeping for? Quick, quick comments on that? Yep. Carol? He was weeping because they... Yeah. Yeah, she's saying he was the son of God. They still didn't believe. There was a loneliness of, of, of him and his experience and that they still didn't totally get it. Yeah, Sherry? Right. Yeah, he wept with his friends were weeping. He didn't weep when Lazarus was, when he heard Lazarus was sick. In fact, he didn't go anywhere for two days. But he wept and it says, when he saw Mary weeping 
And then he saw all of her friends weeping. He wept. You see, I think it's interesting for us to ask the story. So what was Jesus weeping about? Mostly because Jesus knew the end of the story. If I had been Jesus in that moment and they were all weeping, I'd be like, I got a secret and it's awesome. (laughs) But there's a moment in time that demonstrates something in this resurrection life that Jesus brings. There's a moment in there where he identifies with their human pain, you guys. That he recognizes he had come from eternity in perfect heaven with God and came down to earth, broken, messed up, dumpster fire of humanity and interacted with us and saw disease and death and pain and grieving and loss and questioning this side of heaven because all things are not yet clear. We see through a glass darkly. And he knew that from where they stood, this is a rough road. And he wept with them. He wept for them. He felt the emotionness of death and sickness and grief and struggle and waiting, all of that because sin has been brought into the world and it's not yet removed as Ben was praying earlier in our time this morning. It's not yet gone. One day it'll be gone. It's not yet gone. And we have to walk. The people he loves has to walk in it right now. And he's weeping over that. The emotion was that, that it's broken and things aren't as they should be. People don't act like they should. Bodies don't function the way that, that they should. We can't believe fully the way that we will. Nothing is right. And I want to tell you that because we think that maybe Jesus is not sensitive to our life and our struggles. And he goes, have faith and be happy and trust. You guys, while that's happening and we're weeping over, I don't get what God is doing. Where is he? He is weeping with you because one day that won't be your journey. And it's awful right now. The truth is he's working on his plan and he's bringing life and glory, but we're not there yet. And so go back into this text, friends, as you struggle with the things that are yet undone in your world, the things that are yet undone in the world. As you wrestle with all that, go back in the text. Claim versus claim, verse 40, where Jesus said, Didn't I? I'm going to tell you this, if you believe, you'll see glory. Life's coming. Not everything this side of heaven will be fully full of life, but resurrection is coming. Some things now, everything later. If you believe you'll see glory. If you're wrestling and you're waiting, friends, claim that verse, claim verse 27 alongside Martha that just says, listen, I don't know what to do, but I can just stand at home plate. I can stand at my home base and say this, this I know to be true. And this could be your prayer for the week. This could be your prayer for a year. If this is what's happening, you could say, I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God who's sent into the world. It's all I know. And hang on to Jesus when you can't see. I want to bring that to us because we so feel that normal religious life, everybody seems to be all doing great. Everybody seems to all have it all dialed in. Everybody seems to be loving all that Jesus is doing and showing up for them. But no, that's not true. Most of us are walking in a story where he hasn't yet revealed what's ahead and we haven't yet seen the glory. And in that story with Jesus and his friends, he says, there will be life and I'll bring it. And so we put our faith in that Jesus. Thanks be to God for his word and the scriptures that preach that to us.